Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 30th episode, and today we'll be discussing how the Daily Wire is now ladyballing, Ohio is having it out over abortion, and Disney is still collapsing under its own weight. So we're going to get right into this with the very heavy topic of abortion. So now, abortion is one of the probably one of the most, if not the most, uh, polarizing and controversial topics to discuss in the United States or where I'm based. If you're pro-choice, you view uh, abortion as a fundamental right. If women don't have complete and unfettered access to abortion and abortion services, then you're forcing uh, pregnancies on them, forcing them to breed. It's extremely oppressive if you're a pro-life then you view abortion as uh, murdering innocent babies, basically. And there are some people in between uh, those two those two camps, but the most uh, loud and vocal people, the most passionate people, are either fall on um, either um, the pro choice, the the entirely pro choice side, or the entirely pro life uh, side. And so, um, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, I believe last. Last, not this June, but it, it was, uh, I th- yeah, I think it was last June, whatever. Roe v. Wade was overturned relatively recently, uh, and that put abortion um, back on the states. Uh, and Ohio, in this election, basically codified those Roe v. Wade laws or into um, the election, although there's a bit of controversy with that. And uh, if, you know, there there is an article that I want to discuss is linked in the Substack. The headline is Ohio Republicans refuse to accept election results, claim abortion bans will remain. Uh, re- yeah, Republicans want states to decide the abortion issues unless it does not favor them. So they had, um, it was issue one, and it codified these um, abortion rights into Ohio's constitution. The Ohio Republicans are challenging it. Um, because it's uh, there's foreign interference that uh, that was claimed saying this wasn't all legitimate. It doesn't overturn anything, yada yada. So I, I do think really what what this is is less about abortion in itself. It's more about using the topic, well, the the issue of abortion, to keep people divided and polarized across the country. And there's another um, case. Where in Ohio, I I believe it's also in Ohio, where a woman's apparently being prosecuted, quote-unquote, for having a miscarriage. Now, I, I haven't looked too much into it, but apparently what happened was that she, she was 22 weeks pregnant. She miscarried, and since the uh, since she had the miscarriage at home, the hospital sent her home, and she had the miscarriage, um, there, she, she got rid of the, uh, the baby. Uh, the corpse and that was done improperly and supposedly and they're prosecuting her for that not necessarily for having the miscarriage in itself but whatever the facts of the case are you have the people who are vehemently pro-choice who are going to use this as saying well this woman was prosecuted for having a miscarriage this is why republicans just want you know women to be um, breeders and force pregnancy on them and, and criminalize them for miscarrying and you'll have the pro-life people saying well this woman was evil and she was bad and yada yada it seems to me the hospital should have kept her um, she should have you know uh, miscarriage, miscarriage is unfortunate I feel feel bad uh, for, for this woman who, who went through this um, unfortunate experience I don't think dragging her through the coals is a necessary thing I do think Doing this um, like this, putting my tinfoil hat on, is part of 
basically making this a case, putting this into the news cycle to divide and polarize people and using the topic of abortion is a very effective um, way to do it if this is what is happening. This is part of a, a PSYOP, so to speak, and this woman is unfortunately involved in it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Of course, this could just be incompetency on the hospital's part. The American medical system is extremely messed up, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, so, so to speak, but I do think this is less about the issue in abortion uh, of itself, and it's using the issue of abortion to keep people divided and polarized so the Uniparty can keep implementing their WEF agenda of getting everybody into the pods and eating bugs, rather than um, trying to push abortion. I don't think the, the, the Republicans who are trying to get um, the, these abortion bans in place actually care about um, unborn children or, or born children, anybody other than their own uh, bank accounts and their own power influence. And this is just the people who sign their checks to let them sit in their fancy seats saying this is what you're going to do, and they're doing it. That is what I think. So it is less about abortion in and of itself. It's more about using the issue of abortion to keep people polarized. And I, I think this coinciding with the fact that they are prosecuting this woman for having a miscarriage or, or whatever that situation was, I think that's also indicative of that as well. Of course, that's me putting my tinfoil hat on a little bit too tightly, you could say. I don't know too much. This was just that I just saw that on X, and it just seems, you know, the timing of these sorts of things just seems a little bit odd to me. But that's what I wanted to talk about in terms of um, Ohio and abortion is that it's being used, in my opinion, to keep people divided and polarized so the Uniparty can just take all that sweet power money for themselves. So we're going to move right on to the next topic, and that is The Daily Wire is making a comedy movie that is lampooning the concept of trans women in sports or, or trans-identified males, however you want to say it. So I've watched the trailer. You can uh, find it online. And it seems like uh, basically uh, structured like any sort of um, comedy you would see coming out in the last decade. I think if this movie came out like uh, like a decade ago and, and you didn't have all this political stuff around it, most people would say this is a pretty average movie. It's coming out tomorrow, December 1st. I'm recording this on the 30th of November, last day of November. And this, this movie will come out. I probably will get a month of Daily Wire Plus, I believe, and review it on the Substack. So look out for that if I do do that, which is most likely going to be the case. And I just want to say, with this one, I do think it's indicative that the Daily Wire isn't isn't the worst in, in terms of being the um, the catch for the people who are disinfected from the mainstream. So I do think they are. Um, uh, effective in being part of the parallel economy, although there are some things I, I dislike about them uh, and, and some of their takes, but I do think this is generally one of the, the good things, and the fact that they're willing to do stuff like this is something significant, so I, I'm willing to you know, fork over the cash, watch the movie, see if, um, if it's a decent movie or not, and it does seem like it's a decent movie, although I think they're going to lean too much on the celebrity cameos. You're getting Ben Shapiro in there, you're getting Matt Walsh in there, I think you've got Michael Knowles and Andrew Clave and basically all the Daily Wire um, personalities in there. There's a YouTuber, Billy Ray, Billy Ray Brandt, that's her name. She's in there as well. So it's leaning on a lot of these, you know, celebrity cameos, internet personalities, maybe a little bit too much. I've only seen the trailer, so we'll see how it 
all pans out, but it's definitely one that I, something I wanted to talk about that the Daily Wire is doing. It's probably going to do decently well. Um, it's probably going to get talked about a lot. A lot of people are going to be offended by it and say, you know, trans women deserve to be in women's sports, yada yada. You know, that, that's the whole thing there. But we are now going to move on to the last topic, um, a company whose movies are not doing so well, and that is Disney, despite having the most amount of money made in the box office this year, they are still on track to lose, I believe, about $750 million in the box office. And you've got all the other stuff, the fact that Disney Plus is bleeding money, the fact that the park, the money from the parks is drying up, they're trying to try and pump money um, in, into that over the course of, what, uh, six years or a decade, to try and get the, uh, the attendance in the parks back to where it used to be. And you've also got the uh, the fact that they're beginning to discuss selling assets, um, you know, their their linear TV assets. Although they're they're kind of playing loosey goosey with saying like, oh, we're we're not planning on doing that, but the the uh, discussions are there. So Disney is in an awful position. And what's been going on in the news cycle with their, I think it was like their town hall meeting or or their investor relations, whatever it is, saying we know that the path that we're on in terms of making all this woke content in terms of being all in, all down with the cause with social social justice is bad for the business, but they're going to keep doing it. So they're, they're going to say, well, yeah, we're aware of this. We, we know we need to course correct and change the company, but they're, they're just giving lip service. So they hope that the investors will pull out and the stock tanks even more. That's really all that it is. They, they basically are hoping that they can just keep on um, going on the path they're they're on, and people will just magically come back and start throwing their money at the mouse house again. That really is the plan because they are all sold in on that. They're in way too deep. Corporations are very slow to move on some things, and there just isn't, I, I think, um, a lot of will because basically all of the people who knew how to do stuff, who wanted to be creative, been um, cast aside either by the uh, the corporate themselves or just the culture making the people who gave a damn about Disney and what it stood for over the past hundred years. This is a company that took a century to build up um, the goodwill and the, well, maybe not quite a century, you, you, like maybe let's say 50 years or so to get to the point where it was a household name where going to Disney World was basically a rite of passagehood for the American child. And now, it's basically all gone. There really isn't any goodwill. People don't care about Disney the way that they used to. Families don't engage with Disney, with Disney um, at all. Basically, it's very sad to see uh, for basically anyone who grew up with um, those movies. But if you have the old movies, you don't need Disney+. Plus. Really, you can just get the old video cassettes or DVDs. Um, and while a lot of people probably still have them sitting on their shelves and just can just watch those movies they feel like watching them from time to time. But I know I'm... Definitely in the camp, the brand is so tarnished for me that I don't even want to watch Disney movies um, at all, even the, the ones that um, I like because of how how much they've ruined the brand with all these shenanigans that, they, that they've that uh, they pulled. And people are disengaging with the brand, people are pulling out from the box office, and for them to meaningfully course correct, they would have to start now, and they would have to actually start doing some extreme stuff, and I do not think they're at all willing to do that. I think Bob Iger just is trying to say, like, I'm just going to try and um, cancel, lay off, do as much stuff, and hopefully I can stop the bleeding and then people will just come back, 
right? That, that's basically it. And there's also this arrogant stuff like, you know, it's Disney. It's a big company. It's been around for so long, a hundred years. It's it's the king of animation, yada, yada. And then people will just have to engage with it because, because it's a brand, because it's uh, been so big. But that's clearly not the case. It can definitely die out. Consumers have a lot of power, and they're going to move on to other things. And it's not necessarily that... There are alternatives it's that people are checking out from from the mainstream. So it's not like, um, you know, wish coming wish coming out and bombing means people are going and seeing something else. It just means people aren't going to see to the movies or families aren't going to see um, animated uh, movies uh, anymore because there really aren't that many alternatives um, to Disney in terms of how big of a conglomerate is in their release schedule of content it just me it just is that people are disengaging from it so that, that's one of the things that I, I saw on twitter it's like well disney you know woke is popular because disney made the most amount of money this year they're, they're also losing uh money hand over fist at the box office so it's just not something that's popular or being engaged with it's just the current thing that you know normies are still engaging with it and they're starting to check out in droves and they really don't have anywhere else to go so they're basically just going you know staying home watching netflix doing other things there's so many entertainment options these days for basically anybody and people are choosing to engage with those things and disney is not included and in it's not necessarily <clears throat> because of um stuff being politically charged it's just that the content is not nearly as interesting and i do think that is a consequence of the lack of creativity you have when you're sold out to this ideology where you have to walk on eggshells and you can't challenge anything or else you're um, an istophobe or whatever the case may be. And that's what's really going to hurt Disney in the long run. And that's why Disney is in the spot that it is now. And I, I say, let it happen. Uh, you know, Disney does not deserve your support or money just because of their past legacy. They have to earn it like anybody else. And they certainly are not earning it. And with that, we are going to end it here. Hope you enjoyed this one. And we're going to the outro now. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to follow my Substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com to read Machine to Man and all my other projects.